Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Welcome back to the Dreamcast. It is Replay Friday, which basically means that you are going to hear an interview that I did on somebody else's show every other Friday. And what I love about this is that although my story doesn't change too much, every interview seems to be different and every interviewer pulls out different parts of my story to highlight. And I think some amazing and inspiring conversations have happened and I'm excited to share them with you. Today's episode is from the Healthy Happy Mommy podcast and it encompasses all of the things that we do and we are a mom, a business owner and want to thrive in all areas. So let's get into the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Healthy Happy Mommy podcast. Today, I'm excited. I have Denise Denise Walsh, who is actually a black diamond It Works distributor. And I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I am also an It Works distributor. She is basically, if you don't know what a black diamond is, it's like the highest you can get in the company. And so it's really cool that our paths crossed completely outside of It Works because she did not know that I was a distributor until we got on the call right now. And I told her and she's like, what? So it's pretty cool that we were able to connect in this way without even knowing each other like that. Anyway, so Denise is um, somebody who has helped over a million people find their purpose and fulfill on their God-given destiny. She started her career by working with families at a local mental health agency as a clinical psychologist and has continued on to use her talents with It Works Global to build a large team of motivated, positive, and enthusiastic business owners. Her impact as a leader in the direct selling industry as a top income earner with It Works has given her a unique insight on what drives people to action. And Denise is excited today because she has written a new workbook that is helping her tap into a combination of cutting edge neuroscience, biblical principles, and captivating real world, real world stories. So Denise not only is a total rock star, business leader, neuroscientist, and just like all around like good Christian woman, but she's also a mom. So she can talk to you guys on the things that are probably keeping you stuck, holding you back, and just all that kind of like thing that gets gets our head wrapped up in fear, guilt, and we just don't know what we're going to do next. Um, she's going to help us work through that. So I'm super excited. Thank you, Denise, for being on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I know. I'm excited to be here. Cool. So why don't you give us a little bit of backstory about you and how you came to be you? Um, Well, I'll start my story when I was about, I graduated from Wheaton, which is right outside Chicago with my master's in clinical psychology. And I got that degree because I really have a heart for people. I, I love people. I was a camp counselor for several years in between my college days, which like totally gave me this high belief and love 
for my campers. They were foster kids. And I just love to serve and I have a heart for people. So I thought psychology was my best way to give back to the world. So I got my degree in clinical psych and got my first job back in Michigan at a local community mental health. And that is where I went through what they call a quarter life crisis. It was like I got this job that I had been waiting for, right? My, I spent six years in school. I got the job. We celebrate. We're so excited. And then little like do I realize that it's not all that it's cracked up to be. And I slowly started to feel myself die inside. I mean, it was honestly more about policy, paperwork, and procedure than it truly, truly was about people. And these big dreams and these big hopes and these big like desires that I had to really impact people started to shrink. (laughs) And I remember being like, well, I guess this is just the way life is. I guess this is just my lot in life. And I guess I just have to accept it. And so I stayed there kind of miserable and accepting and living for the weekends and spinning my wheels and, you know, feeling restless inside. Like I wanted to do something else or I wanted to do something more, but I didn't know what that was. And um, I actually met my sponsor in the business, Cami Pentecost, at my small group at church. And so she was my friend first. I tried the products. I became a customer. And then my husband started to see the dollar sign. So he was an aerospace engineer and he like had an entrepreneurial spirit. So he, it sounds cool, an aerospace engineer, but honestly, he was in cubicle world working with old men. So he was <laughs> super bored as well. And, and he's always wanted to own his own business. So when we found out about it works and we saw the products and we saw that they worked, we got, he, I would say, got excited about the business and we upgraded to become distributors. So the deal with that is like, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that was. I wasn't business savvy. I just really liked people. And so over the 11 years that we've been working our It Works business, it's been really cool because I feel like I was able to thrive and kind of get back into my roots of truly loving people get better. And my husband, who was the entrepreneurial spirit, he does a lot of our marketing and connection, like like tech stuff, you know, and he does the <laughs> behind the scenes things. And then I'm able to do the people stuff. And so, um, you know, I've, I've certainly learned, I've grown, I've hit my own funks, I've had two children, I've moved, I've had life along the way, but it's been an amazing experience. And certainly one I wouldn't have predicted for myself, but I know now that I'm helping more people here than I ever could at my clinical psychology job. And I feel like I'm truly where I'm supposed to be. Absolutely. Isn't it funny how God works in ways that like you don't expect to happen. You don't expect that you're going to go down a certain road and then you end up there and you're like, wait, how did I get here? Like, I, I don't even see myself turning down this road. And all of a sudden I'm in this place that I never thought I'd be in, but then you find that it was your plan all along. It's so wild. Well, and what's really kind of cool is when I think back to even before saying yes to it works, there's several things that really helped me be good at this once I realized it. Now, like one, I, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a anchor person on the news. 
And so I did a lot of public speaking and I loved communications and I did my speech classes and I really enjoyed speaking. Then I realized I didn't actually want to do the news. So like that was out of the picture, but I really enjoyed being in front of people. And I, I, then I led, um, you know, I was a camp counselor. So I did team building exercises all of the time. (laughs) And these are all things now that I get to do with my team. And then even at my clinical psychology job, I led groups. So I led anger management. I led depression group. I led, you know, and I, I, I led um, adolescent and preteen and all of these experiences, I really do feel kind of gave, like prepared me in a way that I wouldn't have thought of. But when I look back now, I realize like I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And even though network marketing was never on my radar, I'm so grateful I said yes when I did. Yes. Yes. And for those of you listening, I want you to not turn off your ears if you're thinking, oh, network marketing, that's all they're going to talk about. Because listen, when I say this right now, we are not just going to be talking about network marketing. We're going to be talking about how moms and women find that there's so much more to life and like there's something burning inside them that wants to do something more, but they don't know what it is. And there's often a lot of fear and guilt around the idea of stepping out into something different where you might have to leave your kids behind or leave your husband behind or do something that requires you to be out of the house more often, different things. It may be network marketing, but it may not be either. So what Denise is talking about, what I'm talking about is not necessarily the network marketing uh, road. It just, we're just talking about it because that's where she comes from. But um, there's so much more to it. There could be anything. It just depends on what you're passionate about. So Denise, why don't you talk about a little bit about why um, moms especially could struggle with that fear and guilt when it comes to wanting to do something that's a little outside of their comfort zone. Well, I find that with anybody, honestly, we often stay stuck because it's comfortable, even if we don't like it. So I work with a lot of people who tell me, I want more. I want more for me. I want more for my family. But then as soon as they're confronted with something a little bit scary, you know, they're learning a new skill or it's outside of their norm. And of course, when you start any sort of business, even if it's making friendship bracelets in your garage, there's gonna, you're gonna have to eventually do something that's new for you. And so oftentimes what I find that happens is when you do something that's new, if you don't have a support around you and you don't have people to lean on or to ask questions or to cheer you on, it can be very easy to just shrink back into what's comfortable, even if you don't like it. And I would have done the same thing. Honestly, it was easier to stay in my job, even if I didn't love it, because I knew it. And so I stayed there for over five years. And so what I've learned throughout this process is that fear is honestly just a part of the game. So things I know I experienced are fear of success, fear of failure. You know, fear of success is like, what if it does work? And what if it's crazy blowing up and I'm so busy? And, or what if, what if it's embarrassing and people say no? Or what if I'm leaving friends and family behind? Or what will people think? Fear of rejection. I mean, there's a lot of kind of lots of fears that we can walk through. It's kind of like walking through the mud until we get to the other side. So 
I've learned like at the beginning, I would say, oh, that fear is maybe a reason why I shouldn't do it. Like I'd think, oh, that's maybe a sign. I'm experiencing fear. Maybe that's a sign that I shouldn't do it. And I now know that that's just a part of the game. And fear is a part of the journey. And I accept it, but I don't pay much attention to it. And I think the reason I've been able to balance that out is because my why is really strong. So when my why like outperforms my fear, then I can become a professional ignorer of the fear and really focus on what I want. And so if you have any sort of passion or drive within you, I know that the fear is just a part of the game and to keep moving forward regardless because success is always on the other side. Yeah. And for those of you listening, I mean, when she refers to your why, it's like the reason why you decided to start whatever it is you started. So um, say you started a new workout plan because you're sick and tired of not feeling good when you have to chase your kids around or not having any energy. Um, But then you get tired of working out because you're so sore and you're like, you know what? I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to the gym. I'm going to skip the gym today and I'm going to skip the gym tomorrow and the next day. And then all of a sudden you skip the gym for a week and And then you've lost your motivation and now you're like, oh man, you know what? Maybe I just won't go back. Maybe. And then your head starts telling you, oh, maybe it's not worth it. Maybe I shouldn't do it. Or maybe I'm not cut out for this. Then you need to go back to that why, which was because you want to feel good and have energy when you play with your kids. And like, that's the most important thing is that you want to be that energetic mom to play with your kids. So if you're wanting to start a business or, you know, branch out and to do something new, maybe not even start a business, but maybe you're a stay at home mom and you want to go back to school and get a degree and, you know, do like, pursue a passion that maybe you put to the side when you had kids and now you want to pick it back up, but you're really scared because it's a new normal. It's not something that you're used to, but it's, it's, you're meeting that with that resistance. So you have to remember the why is well, because I know that I have a huge gift in me that I can share with the world and I want to help people. So, or I want to, maybe you want like, want to be a nurse or something, you know, you want to help people. You have this passion for that. And so you want to go out and do something with that or you know, maybe you have to earn some more money to help with the the house, you know, I mean, there's all different kinds of reasons, but you have to have that strong why to do anything. Because if we don't really have a reason why we do the things we do, then we're just doing them out of habit and not out of intention. And I think when we're doing things out of habit and not out of intention, it loses its passion and it's zing. And then life is not really very fun. I feel (laughs) Yeah. I really liken it to having a clear personal vision. You know, a personal vision is when you have a picture of your future that produces so much passion that you can't wait to get out of bed in the morning and go pursue it. Yeah. And so that passion, that vision, that like picture of my future that's what it pulls me, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I, I, the other thing that I did is I started to decide that fear if I wasn't a bit nervous, I would be bored. Hmm. So I decided that instead of it being fear, it was like um, that any butterflies or anxiety or nervousness that I had, I decided it was excitement. Hmm. Because at the end of the day, if we aren't feeling some of that stuff, then we're just going through the motions and everything's like so easy. Then we're we're bored really quickly. So I kind of transformed it in my mind to be like, like excitement um, and butterflies in a nervous way rather than fear 
and it's consuming me. Yeah. And the other thing too, and I know you would agree with this, um, but when you're com- when you're starting something brand new that you're so scared of, if you just start and do it and like face the fear and do it anyway, you know, take that first step, all of a sudden your comfort zone expands. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm actually not scared of that anymore. And you can do it without thinking about it. So something that used to scare you, like for example, maybe showing up on live video used to terrify people, you know, like, but now they can show up on live video and chit chat like to anybody and it's fine. I remember even doing interviews like podcast interviews or even podcasting alone in my closet without anyone watching me. I used to get so nervous before because I'd be like, Oh, what if I don't say the right thing? What if I sound terrible? What if this is horrible? But then I was like, you know what, whatever, I'm just going to do it. I could always delete it and re-record. And then after a while it got so natural and easy that it's not scary anymore. I can just pop on and talk and it's fine. And you just start, things just start to get easier as you go. But the point is, is just to get started because if you never get started, you're never going to take that first step out of the outside of that comfort zone. And then the comfort zone keeps growing. And that's kind of the fun part is once it becomes easier, then you're like, what's next? Right. And then, and then you grow again. And so you can see how far you really can go over a years, you know, in three to five years, you can be in a completely different place because once something becomes normal and habitual, like drinking a gallon of water, that's Mm -hmm. easy now. That's not Mm -hmm. hard. So now what can I learn? And now what new habit can I, can I add to my regimen or what new thing can I learn to expand? Yeah. I mean, even you, you went, you did a bodybuilding competition, right? I mean, same here. Like I didn't do a bodybuilding competition, but I, I'm someone who never worked out, never lifted any weights a year ago. Well, I started working out like four years ago, but a year ago I couldn't put up a certain amount of weight. Now I'm double that weight. And it's like just starting and expanding your abilities. You never know what kind of untapped potential it lies inside of you that you're just refusing to look at. It's, it's actually astounding what we can really do when we put our minds to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not just with the business, but with the bodybuilding competition and with writing the book and with doing all like, I've really learned like you can do anything you want if you want to. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Same here. When I wrote my book, I was like, am I really doing this? Like, is this really happening? Because I never had it in my mind that I was going to write a book or even could write a book, but I was like, I'm just going to try it and see what happens. And it worked. I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess I could do it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So um, now that we talked about the fear, what would you say? Cause I know there's some moms thinking, okay, fine. I can get over this whole fear thing, but I feel extremely guilty about leaving my kids if I have to leave them or maybe paying less attention to them. Cause now I have to be doing something else. I feel really, really guilty about that because I feel my kids are only little ones or, um, you know, they're vying for my attention. What would you say to that mom? You know, I think, I think a few things. Number one, our kids are watching. And if we're happy and thriving, they notice that. And we can be around them all of the time. But if we're grouchy and tired and snippy and, you know, emotionally drained, then that's not good for them either. So I know that it's really, 
they, they get my time, but they get good time with me. Mm -hmm. And so what I've really tried to do is, is compartmentalize my day. So I'm, when I'm working, I'm working. And when I'm with my boys, I'm with my boys. So I think the guilt comes in when you are with your boys and you're like, or I have two boys, you're with your children. (laughs) Um, and you're like, I should be working. So you Mm -hmm. feel like you're split focus or you're working and you're like, I should be with my, with my kids or I should be, you know? Mm -hmm. And so really compartmentalizing my day has helped me overcome any of that because I know I work X amount of number hours a day, or I'm just doing this power hour, or I'm just, you know, doing this meeting or interview or whatever. And then I'm turning it off and I'm going and I'm making dinner. And it's great. And so I I think compartmentalizing and being fully in the moment when you're in the moment is a way that I've been able to kind of work through any guilt because I know my kids get a good piece of me and I know they get good energy. I know I'm not snippy and snarky or grouchy because I'm feeling fulfilled as well. Yeah. And I mean, even if we think about scripture, the Proverbs 31 woman is a woman who works hard. I mean, it describes a A woman who wakes up early, works hard, goes to the market, does trading, does different things. You know, she's clearly working. She's doing something outside of the house. She's providing in some way for the family or for the family's needs. So it doesn't paint this picture of a woman who's constantly with her kids every minute of the day. Um, And I think we also need to give ourselves grace as women and understand that like our kids are going to live if we are not under their you know, behinds every five minutes and being like, hi, honey, do you need me? Do you need me? Do you need me? Like they need to learn independence too. And they need to learn that mom is doing something for herself, that, that mom's life is not all about me because then they become little entitled, you know, brats almost that think like the world revolves around them quite honestly. And I think that's a lot of society's problem today, but that's for another interview. Well, Um, it's true. It's true. I do think that it's, there's an element of, uh, family goals, you know, you can do it together and we're all doing it together. And, and there's an element of this is my part of the goal and this is your part of the goal. And, And I think we're learning, we're teaching them a lot of skills by, by them seeing us be healthy and exercise and cut up vegetables and work on a goal and celebrate the journey and hit something, whether how big or small it is. And then we all get to celebrate. They're learning about hard work and grit. And I think that those are skills that will last a lifetime. Yeah. I mean, perfect example. When I was writing my book, I had a little bit of guilt for the time that I took away from the family to write the book. But once it went, like my son was like, Oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, mommy's writing a book. And he's like, really? And so now he can hold it in his hand and look at it and read it and and know that his mom wrote a book. He told all his teachers. And then, you know, a week later, guess what he was doing? He was trying to write a book. Like he wants to write a book. So now I planted a seed in his head that he is able, if he wanted to, to write a book, Mm -hmm. like something that he might not have ever thought about. So, you know, I, I would encourage the mom who might feel guilty to like kind of change the perspective and say like, instead of feeling guilty, it's more like, what am I teaching my kids about the thing that I am doing? Like what good seed am I planting right now? That's giving them some sort of life lesson that can push them in the right direction. 
We went to Africa for 10 days, my husband and I, both of us, and I have a seven and four-year-old. And so my parents came to the house and they stayed with my boys for, for 10 days. They took them to school. They picked them up from school. You know, they were, we, that, that was a long time to be gone. Yeah. And so we certainly had a little bit of, I mean, we missed them. Um, we called, you know, we were up. But at the end of the day, the pictures we have of Africa, the stories we have, the experience we have, we now have an Africa box that we put all of our old books and shoes and things that we're going to donate. And, and they know that we are not people that just get, but we're people who give. Mm. And that, I think, again, is just like that lesson is more important than me being home for 10 days. I love that. Yeah, you're so right. It's... And you know what, now you just saying that makes me, it makes me just remember that I feel like a lot of the reason why moms might, or even dads may not venture out and to do different things is because of really is because of fear, but they're using the guilt as an excuse. And so instead of admitting that they're actually fearful of stepping out into doing something new, like maybe I'm too scared to you know, look at going to another country or write a book or do something that's outside my comfort zone. I'm going to use the excuse that, no, I wouldn't be a good mom if I did that. I would feel too guilty if I did that. So I feel like that might be like a double-edged sword actually. Yeah. It's interesting. I heard this said one time, don't use your why as an excuse. Yeah. You know, if your kids are your why and your motivation, but then we use them as the excuse to why we're not doing what we're supposed to do or we feel called to do. Yeah. um, Then nobody benefits. Yeah, for sure. And I know for me, I mean, I grew up with the stay at home mom and my dad worked nine to five. He was an accountant. And when I was building my business alongside being a new mom, I had to really understand, like I had to come to grips with the fact that my family was going to be a little different than the family I grew up in mm-hmm. where, you know, my mom wasn't building a multi-million dollar organization. Yeah. And so we still have dinner, but it's not going to be like super delicious steak or something every night. You know, it's just going to mm-hmm. be a, the priority sh- are just a little bit different. And that's not me. It doesn't mean that anything like one's better than the other, but I did have to go through my own mom identity, realizing that I'm a work from home mom, not necessarily, not a stay at home mom. And um, I still get to take my kids to school and pick them up, but it just looks a little bit different. And the house might not be super clean and we might use paper plates sometimes and, you know, things like that, that makes me go, okay. And that's okay. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, it just goes back to giving yourself grace and stop like putting this, this idea of perfectionism on yourself, thinking that you have to keep up with all the other moms that are on Pinterest, like having the very, very most perfect kids that are dressed perfectly in the perfect parties and stuff. Cause I mean, that's not real life. And like, you can't really get very much done if that's what you're competing with. So it's like, you need to do what you're passionate about doing without making the excuse of, of the kids and this and that just do it. Give yourself that grace. Know that for some reason, this is being put in your heart to work towards and go for it and see what happens. Absolutely. So Let's transition then into this workbook because this, uh, you, you were telling me before we got on the call that the workbook is designed to walk women through this exact thing. So I'm excited. Tell us all about that. Yeah. So yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm super excited for it to, <laughs> to come out. Uh, so basically the first section of the workbook is really 
being coming into your own space. So the, it, it's called Dream Life and it combines science, scripture and stories. And so the first few chapters are about prayer, meditation, gratitude and really being in a state of, of listening and receiving and allowing the Holy Spirit to move. And I think we have to start there because if we're multitasking and busy and running all over the place, like we're not at peace. <laughs> so, yeah. so the first little section is about, is about being in a state where you can truly start hearing what God is calling you to do. And I connect it to science. I connect it to scripture because there's a lot of quantum physics um, coming out right now. There's a lot of neuroscience that's saying that, that like what you become, you become what you think about. And um, prayer is like it, there's, I mean, I, there's lots of stuff, lots of studies, lots of really cool things that like, science is confirming basically what the Bible is teaching, which I just blows my mind. Well, so the first, I'm yeah. not shocked. <laughs> I know. God it's amazing. Know what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really, really fun. So the first section is about that. And then it goes into um, trusting your intuition and growing your intuition and trusting your gut and really identifying what it is that you really want, what brings you joy, what seems easy to you? What, what happened? Like, what do you do where time goes by fast? You know, what are some of your natural strengths and your natural giftings? And then we go into, okay, fear, guilt, resentment. Uh, like if it were easy, we'd already be doing it. So what are some of the barriers that are stopping us in our tracks? And we do have to work through those, which by the way, when I do these exercises and this work, I've, I've done this for years with my team. Um, they, as, as much as they don't want to trudge through the mud, they get the most healing out of this section where it's fear, guilt, resentment, um, letting go, um, forgiving yourself, forgiving others. You know, there's a lot of healing that can happen there. And then, and then it's identifying your dream life. So we've got seven areas of life, including uh, your business or um, your family, friends, finances, health, hobbies, and giving back and then business. So that's seven. And, and what does that look like? Like what does a dream 10 day look like for you? So what I've learned in doing this work with our team is that if you rate all seven areas on a scale of one to 10, most people are rating themselves a four Mm. and and they stay there and they think that that's okay. So you just kind of accept a four and you don't really know that it can be better. And so what I'm challenging throughout this workbook is like, no, no, no. What, what do you really want in all areas? What does that ideal day look like? If you could in a perfect world have like, what does it look like without, without the guilt, without feeling like I shouldn't want more, without any of that junk that stops us in our tracks. Um, But what does that dream life look like? And we get really clear and specific about that. And then we pick one to be kind of the dream life goal that we work through. And that's when we identify your affirmations, visualizations, and then the action plan to the support, the community, the environment, like setting yourself up for success. And so the workbook is is helping you work through all of these these 
it's, it's like a lot, right? It's a mm-hmm. lot. There's exercises mm-hmm. throughout it. And that's the whole psychologist in me where I'm not like, we're not just going to talk, like, I'm not going to tell yeah. you, we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're going to see transformation right here and right now. And so those who've, who partnered with me when I was working on it and went through it with a fine tooth comb and went through the exercises and we did it live on a cruise and we did leadership retreats and I've done these exercises in groups of 300 people and more. And it's been really, really cool to see. Um, but I'm so confident in the transformation that can happen when you do this work. Like that is why it's bubbling out of me because there's so many of us that have a buried passion and, and I fully believe that this will help unlock whatever is, is buried in there. And then an accompaniment to that is, okay, once you've kind of worked through it and you've identified one area of life you want to focus on first, we do need to do something every single day. So there is an accompaniment of a journal that allows you to create kind of your morning routine habit of getting yourself in a space of prayer and then receiving uh, and then really coming up with your like to-do list, your action plan so you can see progress in this area consistently. Wow. That sounds amazing. I know that was a lot, but it's like, (laughs) no, but it sounds so good. And like, for me, that sounds like right up my alley. First of all, I love journaling. I love planning. I'm, I have also a master's in psychology, so I know all that. I'm like, yes, like bring it on. I love all that kind of stuff. I'm very excited about this. Yay! <laughs> yeah. It's cause it's, it's so helpful. I mean, I feel like there's not, there's stuff out there for sure, but there's not like, it's number one, it's hard to find Christian based work like this because I feel like a lot of stuff out there is more towards the new age movement. And so you have to be careful, obviously, about that kind of thing. Um, So I love that this is like biblically based scripture sound. And so this way, like anyone who is looking to go deeper with God, but in a way that is going to help grow them in in like a way that it's easy for like a layman's term to understand where it's Mm -hmm. like, yes, the Bible is perfect and and is our guide, but it's like, okay, but how can I exactly apply that to my life? How can I exactly work through that? So I love this because it sounds like it's going to be able to really like pull that stuff out of that person who is stuck in that place of like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, exactly. And and I really think that when you're in that place of, I don't know what to do, there can be a sense of hopelessness. There can Mm -hmm. be a sense of depression. There can be a sense of anxiety. Mm -hmm. I know if I'm not making progress or moving, I feel like, eh. And so I feel like this can really help not only help with clarity and that personal vision that can create the passion, but but it can also give the roadmap because often I'll also hear, all right, I want my life to be different, but I don't even know what to do. And so it really is, is the bookends with the connection of science and scripture. And then my personal stories as well, because I've experienced this over and over and over in my life. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's been a, a, project I've been working on for almost a year and it's been in the designer's hands since November. And I just keep saying, are you ready yet? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he's doing an amazing job and it's going to be like exactly what we want when it's done. As soon as the cover is done, we're sending it to the printer. So it's really like within the next four to six weeks. Sweet. So do you have like some sort of pre-order going on or what? Yep, I do. You can go to denisewalsh.com and if you put your information in, I'll be sending out a 50% coupon to anybody who's um, signed up on our list. So 
I feel like I've had dates in my mind that it was going to launch so many times that I don't want to say a date. So as soon as I yeah. know the date, you will know yeah, the date. For <laughs> sure. Send it out to everybody. Cool. All right. And I'll make sure to link that in the show notes as well. Well, Denise, I'm so thankful that you came on. I loved having you on the show. I know that my audience is going to be like mind blown right now because I'm sure that you are speaking to a lot of them and I'm sure that the workbook is going to really help a lot of them. So I am very thankful for the work that you did. And I know how hard it is to like put that out there, follow that call that you have to like, you know, let it out of you and, you know, jump over the the resistance and all that. Cause it's not easy. I, I know how, how hard it is. And I'm sure it's a little harder with a workbook. It's definitely harder because it's more planning and, and, and designing and everything. You got to make sure it looks good. It's definitely different. So I really commend you for that work. That's got to be hard. Sorry, my dog is barking because my husband just walked in. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you so much. Um, where can everybody find you on social media so they can follow you? Absolutely. So I am on social media. If you go to facebook.com slash the Denise Walsh and then on Instagram, the Denise Walsh. And then of course, just denisewalsh.com is where you'll find all of my, um, I've got a podcast as well, the workbook and then any other programs that we launch. Awesome. And I do love your podcast. What's the name of it again? The podcast is called Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So everyone go listen to that because that's really good too. All right. Well, thank you so much, Denise. I so appreciate you. And I really, really look forward to that workbook. I'm going to get my hands on that ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for this opportunity. It was amazing You're to welcome. meet you. And I know it was a, a divine uh, appointment. So I'm excited to see and chat with you again. Yes, of course. Talk soon. Thank you so much for listening today. Head over to denisewalsh.com. Enter your email to subscribe to our list and I'll be sending out an early bird special coupon. 50% off, in fact, of the Dream Life Workbook when it is launched in just a few months. So if you want to have first dibs, let's get your name on that list. Thanks again. I so appreciate you and remember to dream big.